TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well in 2023 and beyond. Marcus Pierce here with you and boy, oh boy, aren't we excited? The first episode of the new year, Dr. Damien Christoph, the globe's number one wellness expert. How <laughs> happy new year. Happy new year to you too, PC. Um, what, a, what a great year this is going to be. 2023 had to think about that is it 2024 yet but no it's not 2023 we are on the way to Icaria I'm pumped about that it's been a great way to see in the year Melbourne is finally shining the weather is glorious uh so you know why wouldn't want to live anywhere else I mean, it's, it's unbelievable so great to be here PC and I know that this is our 10th year but it really feels like we're closing in on something super special I've got to tell you absolutely and you mentioned Ikaria we've got to give a couple of shout outs first of all to our latest registrations who I think are going to take the world record for the oldest attendees Barry and Heather Heather celebrating her 80th birthday when she joins us in Ikaria in June. This is June 12 to 21. If you're new and this is your new podcast of the new year, we go to Ikaria, the island where people forget to die, the little Greek island for our 10-day longevity experience. So pumped to have Barry and Heather joining us. Though we're going to be coming in 2020 before COVID got in the way. If you would like to uh, join us on this exclusive trip, go to 100NotOut.com. Dot com one double zero not out.com the bucket list trip of a lifetime away so yes demo it is a special time in 100 not out we're just getting started in many ways but before we talk about the big stuff of um where this podcast is going it would be remiss of us not to begin the year with a conversation mm-hmm. about the trends in longevity and health and wellness that we can expect to see in the coming 12 months we do this every year and you have nailed it year on year. If you want to go back, folks, 52 episodes, you'll find our trends episode kicks off each year. Um, what are you thinking? I've got a few ideas in terms of what I'm thinking, but I'd love to know, as we always do, you are much closer uh, to this than I am. What are you thinking we're going to see? Let's start off with nutrition in 2023. All right, great, PC. Thank you. And this is part of what I love. I love doing this. I love doing this because, um, for the most part, the trends are so you, we could predict the trend ten years out. But uh, I love this. So nutritionally, what we're seeing um, is a shift back to pescatarian. So we've gone uh, from the vegetarian, vegan kind of big phase where you know, you know, it's, you know, how do you how do you know when someone's a vegan? Um, don't worry, they'll tell you that kind of situation. Um, how do you, you know, we've had that pre, in previous years. We had that about the paleo, and we had that about the crossfitters. And so now, it's the vegetarians. And so the vegetarians are now moving back to pescatarians. So they're going to start to include animal sources of protein um, that are sustainable. Um, and, and so in this case, it's going to be fish. Uh, maybe we'll see them eating um, other types of shellfish and prawns and crustaceans and all that sort of stuff, which is interesting because, you know, whether or not that's healthy and there was that, 
you know, discussion as to whether or not that is good for you because they are the bottom feeders and they do all the waste and they're kind of like the filters of the ocean. Um, I feel like that that's a, um, a, a slight graduation back into the animal protein world. Um, and so it feels like a, a soft re-entry for the vegans and vegetarians to come back into eating animal protein, to be having crustaceans and fish. And so then I think that what will end up happening is we'll see the lacto-ovo-pescatarians coming back too. So we'll have those that are eating cheese and having um, dairy products and and also having fish. So we'll see those sorts of proteins come in. They're all sustainable, um, and, and I think that'll be a big thing. Um, there's definitely going to be a greater awakening to the myth and hoo-ha of the biohacking. Um, I think people are kind of moving on from biohacking. They've kind of seen it for what it is. It's a big supplement push. Um, supplements are super beneficial um, when used for the right thing. Um, but from a biohacking perspective, you can't biohack with drugs. It's not possible and live a long time. It's it's actually impossible. And if anybody wants to try it, show me what happens in 20 years' time after you take drugs for 20 years. We'll see how you go. Um, and tell me how you went because so I won't be. This side. I won't be taking yeah. drugs to live a long time, tell you that right now. Um, but if you want to take drugs and and pretend that you're doing a good job, then go for it and tell me how you go in 20 years' time. And then if you're going to supplement the heck out of life um, by taking mega doses of vitamins, tell me how you go in 20 years' time. I reckon there's going to be issues. So I think use supplements appropriately where it's supposed to be. There's a, an awareness around that naturopaths are coming back to that the law of um the 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 single dose so what do we go with you know what's the minimum effective dose like we're coming back to that which is great um and nutritionists are coming back to what's sustainable um i don't know whether or not we're going to see a lot of slow seasonal local organic and whole yeah i don't know if we're going to see that because of climate and you know floods and all of that so the price of all that sort of stuff you know kind of getting out of reach for a lot of people but we'll see a greater awareness of people moving back to healthier foods with a better balance um this is kind of a heyday for nutrition because we're, we're moving away from the extremes and we're moving back into sensibility before we go back out to extremes so this is the this is that bottom part of the swing you know where the feet touch the ground um, before you launch back up into going forwards or backwards on the swing. We're hitting the ground again. We're going to have a bit more sensibility, and then um, it'll get crazy again in a year or two's time. This is really interesting. It, it, in many ways, it feels I'm like, oh, it's a nice, it's a deep breath of common sense instead of being so exclusive where we're removing food groups from an entire diet. Like you said, um, animal protein is going to come back into the a diet for a lot of people that have formerly been uh, vegan or, um, and like you said, even dairy will be coming back. Um, the conversation around biohacking will become a lot more sustainable and, again, common sense rather than there's obviously going to be, again, like you said, a number of people out there that are really pushing. I love what you said. Biohacking is just one big supplement push. Um, and it's really, you know, like you said, the swing, like the bell curve. So then I go, okay, you know, you are a cycle of seven years older than I am. You've seen more cycles, whether it's economical cycles, whether it's cycles in trends, whether it's cycles in any phase of life. Do you look at this from having been in the game for 20 plus years and go, you can see when we go from common sense to 
craziness and extremism back to a bit of awareness and understanding like is this isn't something that um gets your goat by the sound of it it's actually more something that you can see see happening you know and you can say it with such conviction look take your supplements or your mega doses or your medications for 20 years and then come back to me can you say that with such conviction just because you've seen this for such a long time now yeah, I think so, PC. I think um, we've seen it. We've seen it repeat. Um, it swings in cycles and roundabouts. I think we'll still see, you know, people wanting to sell programs. So you'll see people saying, oh, this is a detox program. Um, there's a gut healing program. There's a, you know, a thyroid regeneration program. There's a hormone resetting program. You'll still see that sort of stuff because to some extent, the, you know, the health consumer likes a package. You know, they like to be able to pack it up and go, okay, if I do this, I'll get this, you know. So that's still very attractive. But the myth of longevity, and I call it a myth of longevity because it's mythical because we can't predict how long you're going to live. Um, our approach, I think, is on the money. I think our approach is the way to go because every time we interview a centenarian, they've done it the way that we talk about it. Um, and the person who's taken the drugs and the supplements in mega doses, um, that that's never been proven to work and may only work in vitro, which is inside a test tube. So, and even then, that hasn't been tested. So, like this, it's just all guess and you know, myth here, saying rumor. So, I don't, I, I think that the sensibility piece comes back around every seven years. Um, and as I enter now, or as I exit my third seven-year cycle and I go into my fourth seven-year cycle, I can really see what's actually really going on. Um, and so, in fact, if I've been in the field now, I started in 1994. Well, you're going into 2023, so that's 30. I've just finished my fourth cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just finished my fourth cycle. Jeepers, so I'm going into my fifth cycle. Jeez, I'm old. So I'm going into my fifth cycle, but that's since I was studying it. Now, bear in mind that when I started studying naturopathy, I didn't really know that much. I was a little bit naive. So, um, yeah. So study something, right? You go in green and you come out ripe. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, we're we're you know heading into my fifth cycle. I think that brings some kind of wisdom. Um and uh and just but it's reflective because you kind of go, Oh yeah, cool, no worries. That's what we've done. We've been here, done that. There's not a whole lot that's changed in the technology of this nutrition. There's been shifts and changes in the application and shifts and changes in the conversation and then potentially assumptions made. And so people kind of go, oh, well, if A plus B equals C, then D's the next thing that comes. Well, that's not necessarily the case with the human body. We know that there's no nothing linear about the body. Um, nothing moves in that fashion with the body. Healing doesn't happen in that fashion. It's ebbs and flows. And so we've got to go with those sorts of things. So I think, I think you know, this sensible, this more sensible approach we'll see a couple of years off before it goes a bit mental again. Let's talk about exercise because we've mentioned biohacking and, and still biohacking is very primitive in that it, it generally lives in the box of diet and exercise and um, because a lot of people still believe that health is just a combination of diet and exercise, uh, even though people recognize mental health and other things. But let's talk about exercise. Um, where do you see the trends going? We, we still, well, from my perspective, we still very much live in a, 
yoga, Pilates, um, I suppose, yeah, trend of popularity. Where do you see this in the next 12 months in terms of the conversations around exercise and, and how to do it well? Well, PC, I think that as the population continues to age, the approaches to exercise will still include strengthening and stretching. So that's the lengthening um, of strong muscles, which I think is really important. And we've spoken about this before. Like if you're strong and long, you'll go really well. If you're strong and short, you're high risk of injury. Um, and so that if people are going to strengthen, they want to lengthen, which is so important. Um, and Love that. Yeah, I love that too. I just invented that. That's pretty cool. And then, um, so you watch the strength and lengthen movement's going to begin as a result of a hundred not out podcast. That's pretty good. The strength <laughs> and lengthen movement. Let's see. Like we've we've chalked that up. We've that's the first episode of twenty twenty three. Strength and lengthen movement. Oh, I can see it now. Someone is going to get. I might jump and get the URL. And anyway, so um, then um, we'll see that yoga and Pilates will still maintain. Um, like really good like a really good footprint and it will continue to grow there'll be other things that have come out like there'll be modifications of the existing models so modifications of crossfit which i think crossfit's great for those people who want to do that the modifications of f45 and i think that's great for those who want to do that and those modifications will cater to an aging population so we'll see a modification of crossfit that'll be um better for 50 plus um and then we'll see a modification of crossfit uh, for people that are 60 plus um, and so on and so forth, um, we'll see the same thing with F45. And I think actually that that might have already begun with F45. There might be something um, that's happening around the 50 plus age group. Um, so that's pretty cool, I think. Um, PC? I also think uh, there's a massive rise in the what is you know perceived to be a new sport, but it's a new game of pickleball. Um, yeah. And it's very... Yeah. Is very senior friendly. So I think, as you were just rightly saying, as the population ages and we're looking for age-appropriate movement that we can actually enjoy, pickleball seen as a fun, light, aerobic exercise that, you know, is good for the heart, it's good for social, um, it has to be played with others and so on. And I think those trends are the trends that I enjoy where, from a movement perspective, where it's bringing people together. I do love Pilates. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love Pilates, but I, I much prefer Pilates doing it in a room with others than I do at yeah. home because yeah. I actually do it yeah. better. Yeah. That makes sense. So I still think, you, like you said, so many people that we've interviewed just reaffirms these beliefs that when we combine movement and social together, it's just so much better. Yeah, 100% PC. I agree with you. Um, the social side of um, of movement is happening. We, we're still going to see... Um, people riding their bikes. We're still going to see people going for jogs and runs and walks. Um, we're still going to see all that sort of stuff. And that sort of one-on-one -on -one social time, I think, is really important. Um, and we might see an increase in that, um, particularly as people's budgets happen to tighten. So they're going to find ways in which they can, you know, still move um, without having to spend a whole lot of money. Um, but you're right. You know, as the emergence of new sports come out, um, people with a little bit of disposable income will, you know, look to involve themselves and engage in group-based activities that uh, are affordable and fun and challenging. And there's there's definitely a greater awareness again of cardiovascular um, health, and people are going to want to do cardiac or cardio type exercises. Let's just um, come full circle as we as we do our final trend, and that is around supplements because each year you do talk about what to expect 
in sup in, in in supplements over the next twelve months. So I think in the past you've spoken about collagen. You know, for many years there was, you know, green powders were all the rage, and we were talking about what's the next big superfood. And it feels like, you know, in many ways that's becoming a little bit of a of a tamer conversation in in a good way. But what do you think we're going to be looking at uh, from a consumer perspective in relation to supplements in twenty twenty three? Yeah, look, I think, PC, um, you know, the, I, I haven't seen anything that's kind of new to market. Um, there was, the, you know, there's always the things that try to get relaunched. So off the back of COVID, you know, CoQ10 and Ubiquinol tried to get relaunched and, you know, some people took it. Um, we see, you know, with the advent of increased work stresses, people return to the office and try to juggle everything they want to do from what they learned to do in COVID and everything they used to do pre-COVID um, that people are more stressed. So we saw the uh, rebirthing of B vitamins. You know, people are taking B vitamins again um, and then taking magnesiums again to kind of relax their muscles and their nervous system and strengthen their resolve and help them sleep and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we see those standard, you know, supplements that are tried and true and tested like zinc and vitamin C. And so it's kind of coming back to that. Um, a little bit of um, immune stimulation as we start to become okay again with people having snot and sneezing and coughing. Um, so I think that people are going, oh, okay, cool, cool, you sneezed. <laughs> That's funny. Remember when we couldn't? Um, so there's those <laughs> sorts of conversations going on again, which is good. So they're going, oh, I better strengthen my immune system. So it's not echinechia um, and andrographis. It's, um, it's kind of just going back to the vitamin C and zinc. So it's the stuff that helps our immune system with the building blocks um, and it helps our body with the building blocks. It's less about the herbs, though they're re- they're important because they're the alternatives to the pharmaceuticals. It's the building blocks of what our body requires. And there's an awareness, you know. Recently, you know, in the close of 2022, there was articles in the paper talking about uh, vaccine injury. Okay. Uh, Karen Phelps, the former AMA president, um, and then also the um, crossbench MP. Um, spoke in Parliament about her wife actually having serious vaccine adverse events. So I think we'll start to see the uncovering of that in 2023, unless it gets swept under the carpet. Um, but as a result of that, people are going to be a bit more cautious. Just that conversation, it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, really, is that true? Um, and so people go, what can I do to help strengthen me just in case there's another you know, virus like a flu or another version of COVID or whatever else is going to happen through the winter period, you know, as um, May, June, July kind of approaches. I think there'll be, I think going back to the building blocks as opposed to using the herbs, I think that's what's going to happen. And then just before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you a question on the fly that is actually probably a whole episode's worth. Is there anything in the fledgling trend of postbiotics Postbiotics, like after antibiotics? Like afterbiotics. So Macola has a product called Afterbiotics. There's a whole range of postbiotics now coming out exactly after antibiotics. Um, it's it, it, For me, like as a consumer, um, it seems all a bit too convenient. It's like, oh, we've done prebiotics, we've done probiotics. What else can we come up with? Oh, let's come up with postbiotics. That's just me. I'm so happy to be physiologically wrong uh, in this, um, and for you to say no, there's absolutely a need for a, a postbiotics, as in they're a different thing to have. Um, but this is the new range postbiotics. If I just googled it, postbiotics are essentially the byproducts of our gut microbiota. In other words, your body produces postbiotics after digesting prebiotic and probiotic foods. 
Examples of postbiotics include the short-chain fatty acids, butyric acid, acetic acid, and propionic acid. Wow. That wow. is unique. Well, that, that's amazing. So um, that blows my that mind. Blows my mind. I, I see up, I see upshot to that, and I see uh, the downside to that because these are these are byproducts of the manufacture or the the consumption by bacteria or the microbiome. These are the byproducts of digestion. So I can't imagine that we it would be wise for us to ingest them unless we could. Unless we could. Um, um, be specific mm. about where they um, are delivered. So, for example, with butyrate, we want that to be in the colon. We don't want butyrate to be in the upper gut. Um, mm. And I wonder whether or not butyrate. Yeah, that's that's got me thinking. But I, this is where I get a little bit cautious of where we, you know, we go. We, you know, we're in this natural medicine space, like this holistic natural medicine space. And then if we start to use the byproduct of digestion. Like ketones, remember we, people were taking ketones. That was the byproduct of E. coli, um, you know, eating stuff. So you could just take a ketone and then kind of rig ketosis. Well, it just, I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. So does butyrate and um, acetate and um, and then the other types of um, short-chain fatty acids, all the other short-chain fatty acids, they are meant to reside in the colon, not meant to reside in the small intestine. And and so I wonder if that creates more complications. Do we end up then feeding SIBO? Do we end up, um, you know, feeding bacterial overgrowth in the upper gut? And could we be, you know, causing other issues? So I don't know. That that concerns me a little bit because we, we're moving there into um, using natural medicines as drugs. Um, and I would go so far as to say that a byproduct of digestion is no longer a natural medicine. It seems a little bit kind of weird. Like it's, it's like eating someone's shit. You know, it's like just doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't know. It's a bit too much. Oh, we'll leave that one. This has been uh, another awesome episode. We pop this one in the time capsule and check back in 12 months to see if Damo's 100% success rating has actually been maintained. And a lot of the time uh, it has. It's been great. So we're talking. Uh, we are talking pescatarian coming back, uh, particularly from vegans. Uh, we are talking um biohacking being softened and people waking up to the supplement push and the mega dosing. We are talking the strong and long movement, which Damo is going to own that, uh, really taking shape. Um, I mentioned pickleball and we also mentioned uh, one other movement um, that you suggested, but actually I'm forgetting that. Um, and we also spoke about supplements as well. So there's a lot in there, folks. The Longevity and Wellness Trends for 2023. We have kick-started uh, the year with a bang. Look forward to your company on the next edition of 100 Not Out. For more on Damo, head on over to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.